0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
1: And welcome back. George Norrie with you. Diane Tessman with us with her work, Future Humans and the UFOs. She's got a couple websites linked up at AM.com. They are earthchangepredictions.com and teamtimetravel.com. Team teamtimetravel.com. A couple of cases I wanted to talk with you about, Diane, and get your thoughts about it. The, the one that changed... Dr. J. Allen Hynek's views of extraterrestrials or UFOs was the Lonnie Zamora, the police officer from Socorro, New Mexico. That case where he saw what he thought was a car tipped over ended up being a craft of some type with a couple occupants who saw him jumped in the craft and it took off. What an incredible case. Have you looked at that one?
0: Uh, Yes, I've got a uh, uh, mention of it, uh, not in great detail Uh, in the chapter, for I do go into great detail on uh, uh, various um, landings and uh, Leonard Stringfield's crash retrieval Mm -hmm. uh, report. And uh, so on uh, Lonnie Zamora was April 1964. He reported two small humanoid beings standing next to a landed craft in Socorro, New Mexico, or outside, I guess, Socorro, um, since Zamora was a well-known and respected officer, his report helped to legitimize 10 years of prior UFO occupant sightings, which is what you just said about Hynek. Um, His report made headlines nationally and internationally. Uh, suddenly the it landed, and suddenly the air was filled with a roar, and the officers saw a flame descending in the southwestern sky. And he glimpsed a shiny car-sized object, which is about the size of the Tic Tac, actually, uh, on the ground 150 yards away. Near it stood two small figures clothed in in white coveralls. Uh, He lost sight of the object and figures he passed behind a hill, and then he saw an egg-shaped object standing on four legs. It displayed a, a peculiar insignia on its side, something like an arrow pointing vertically from a horizontal base to a half-council crown. I don't know what a half-council crown is exactly, but a crown. The two figures had disappeared. The object was emitting an ominous roar, and so Zamora charged back to his car. He glanced over his shoulder at one point, and it was now in the air heading toward a nearby canyon. And so Blue Book investigators found that Officers Zamora had a reputation for integrity. They found landing marks on the desert floor. In the middle of these marks was a burned area, apparently from the exhaust.
1: It was a great story.
0: Uh, yeah, it's one that's kind of forgotten. Uh, and again, here we had, especially, I will say, back in, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was almost entirely humanoids or humans that were reported. I, I have a list here. I abbreviated it. Uh, it was much longer. Uh, that Richard Hall of NICAP, he was the Mufron Journal uh, editor, and I dated Richard for
1: Oh, for did you? Okay.
0: Yeah, I was much younger. What
1: did you guys <laughs> talk about when you went to dinner? UFOs? Uh, that's
0: <laughs> what I wanted to talk about, yes. That's all Richard would talk about, too. He was very studious and meticulous, and I was very young and not wild, but (laughs) I actually, I wanted him to tell me his secret, the UFO uh, information in the basement of his house.
1: (laughs) I should have you endorse our dating service, ParanormalDate.com. You'd be great for that.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, he took me to meet his dad, and uh, yeah, we uh, dated for a while. Anyway, his NICAP report... From 1954 to 1963 is just one humanoid after another. Uh, five small humanoid beings. Um, uh, one being three foot tall, diving suit, helmet, large eyes. Uh, uh, some of them normal sized human beings. And again, I abbreviated the list, but I've got a couple pages of it. Uh, tall, three tall beings with helmets, visible in turret of pot-shaped craft. And those, uh, I always say, my abductions in the 1950s were um, in the golden age of UFOs. They probably weren't quite as frightening. Um, And uh, uh, there was something different. Uh, I speculate in the book that perhaps it was a different phase of Humans, maybe I met those from 250 years instead of uh, 5 million or something years ahead. Um, I don't know quite what the difference was, but something kind of changed to where... But, you know, it could be within uh, within current humans that changed because uh, there was a lot of hysteria around abductions. Uh, possibly it just kinda got to be a subject that was so kinda polluted with uh not that people were wrong in what they reported, uh but then of course when fake videos and all and Photoshop got going and all, that really made it difficult. But I was gonna say regarding um uh Richard, he he was Leonard Stringfield's confidant. They were friends. And, uh, and the
1: late Leonard did incredible work on these crash retrieval stories.
0: Incredible work. And, and um, I can't vouch that everything that was reported to Leonard would have been the truth, but I can vouch that uh, both Richard and Leonard were not liars or fools. They were both honest and committed and did meticulous investigations. Um, Leonard would, would interview... Uh, military like, uh, guards, for instance, that had guarded uh, crash saucer bodies um, f- bodies from saucers that had crashed when they were transported to um, Wright Patterson for autopsy, and he would he would interview the guard, a military man, and then next thing you knew he couldn't find the military man again
1: in spite of all this, you still believe they're time travelers.
0: Well, even more so, I do. Because here's an example of of Leonard Stringfield. In each of three crates, he said, the the guard said, were the recovered dead bodies of small humanoids. Um, As he related this astonishing information, he pointed vaguely to an area in Arizona. He says, this is where it happened. Oh, wait a minute here, to get to the...
1: I mean, and your book is very thorough, Diane
0: by the way. Yeah, it, you know, I took the old cases on purpose, not necessarily... They're classics. They were, oh, because they're, they're classic and they're thoroughly, as thoroughly as we can investigate, they are investigated. Uh, and uh, I wanted them that way. Oh, here we go with what I was... Um, my, my informant described what appeared to be a hastily prepared wooden crates with little humanoids appearing to be four feet tall, they were lying unshrouded on fabric. Um, a number wow. of air police stood guard near the crates. Uh, he had a reasonably good glance at them. He recalls that their heads were disproportionately larger than their bodies, with skin that looked brown under the hangar lights. In, uh, in one case, there was fuzzy, thin hair. In other cases, they appeared to be hairless. And... Uh, The guard noticed uh, in one case that one of the bodies had an exceedingly muscular chest or the bumps of a female breast, and later it was reported that one of them was indeed a female. Uh, Leonard's informant also said that uh, the little humanoid, one of them was still alive, attempts to save its life were unsuccessful. Their uniforms were burned onto their bodies. They were silver. The uniforms weren't damaged, uh, but they were stuck onto their bodies. Anyway, just really, uh, and then he had uh, autopsy reports, too, on atrophied genitals and digestive tract, um, uh, thin, opaque white skin, not pink skin, uh, dead white skin, not, de- but uh, n- no color to the skin, no muscles. And um, I have a expert in the book who's been on your show, Dr. Mike Masters, that yeah. says, yeah, he's got a chapter. This is simply the way we're going, says Mike. Now, I tend to think, you know, maybe we had a nuclear war and our genome is damaged. Uh, maybe we were out in space too long. <laughs> I come up with excuses for why they would be that way. And he always says, well, according to evolutionary anthropology, this is the way we would be going. But that would indicate they came from quite a while in the future. Obviously not.
1: What do you think of the abduction phenomenon, Diane? The, you know, there's so many people that we both know, Travis Walton, uh, of hmm. course, the Barney and Betty Hills case from the 60s. What do you think of all of those things?
0: Uh... I, when I went through them again for the book, I was amazed that every one of those, Betty and Barney Hill, Betty Andresen, Travis Walton, Steve Boucher, who is a friend, he's um, younger than the others there, is more recent. Did
1: you have one, too?
0: I had two, but I remembered one. And had, I have always had conscious, a few conscious memories but most of my details came in regression, hypnotic regression, uh-huh. Dr. Leo Sprinkle, okay, who's remained a friend. He,
1: he was a giant, too, in the business.
0: He was. He's 87 now. Is and,
1: he still uh, going strong?
0: He's still going, yeah. He's still going. Uh, he belongs to, uh, subscribes to my newsletter and writes me a letter about once a month. Great. And, um, so all of those were the small humanoids. And um, an interesting thing with small humanoids is that there's a little town called Toterville, Iowa, um, not far from here. And uh, an old man came into my—I yeah, live in Iowa. I never got—I started— Oh yeah,
1: Whereabouts about, in Iowa were you?
0: Uh, in the north central part, right on the Minnesota border. Okay. It's it cold um, and, and, up there. Oh, it it was 40 below when I did the last (laughs) one. (laughs) Uh, It's snowing now, I just said. Blizzarding.
1: Well, it is is winter.
0: It is. It it is. is. Um,
1: But back to these abduction cases.
0: Yes. uh, So, an elderly gentleman came in, uh, drove into my yard here, looking for my brother, who was 10 years older than me, uh, who lived in Arizona at the time. He's now deceased and um he's this man happened to start talking about ufo's he probably had heard that i was uh wrote about them or something but he told me that in toterville iowa in the same season and year i figured out then from what he said as my first abduction uh two little men uh his, this man's cousin was was baling hay in a field near toterville and two little men landed in a saucer, got out, and uh, with a vessel got some water out of a little stream. Went back to their saucer and left again. And his cousin <clears throat> um, never told anybody for fear of getting laughed out of the community. But he told this elderly, this man who was now elderly, I, uh, told told him, and the man told me. So that was a, a strange. Confirmation that came uh, fifty years or so after Jeez. it happened, um, and uh, so anyway, there's some more little humanoids. The being I meant was normal size, um, unless he was shapeshifting. But I, I really don't think he was.
1: And what What would get you to change your views about the time traveler theory?
0: Um, if anything. I, I guess if the if uh, the ETs landed and somehow proved they were from uh, a far distant planet, uh, landed on the where they couldn't land on the White House, we'd we'd shoot them anywhere they landed. (laughs) Uh, I I guess that would. uh, I mean, uh, you know, they told Betty um, uh, of Betty and Barney Hill that they were from Zeta Reticuli.
1: That's right. And they had a Uh, map made up too.
0: That was made up. That was made up um, because, yeah, that proved not to be an accurate star map. And so, uh, uh, yeah, the leader, that was interesting because the leader of the abduction team, Betty, seemed to, he was too friendly with her. I, I think they're told not to be friendly, whether they're aliens or humans um they're they're told not to make friends not to be no person
1: think, no personality they're supposed to be pretty straight
0: right and that's of course military i think that the future humans are a, a military are military units or brigades or maybe quasi military oh,
1: that's interesting
0: uh, even I don't know how good or bad they are. If they're like the Federation and start fleeting. well, do you
1: think something happens in the future with nukes because of their involvement coming back to our air force bases and flying over those missile silos and shutting them down?
0: I. That's my guess. That and I think something that might happens have to do with them wanting DNA too. That maybe they are damage from radiation, if not just our carelessness, maybe a nuclear war that hasn't happened yet.
1: Maybe. Something, I think, violent happened, and they're trying to show us something.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: I wish they'd get a little more involved, don't you?
0: Yes, but maybe it's up to us. Like, the child has to learn to tie her shoes, so it's up to us to figure it out, which I'm trying to (laughs) tell the world, and then... Maybe disclosure, well, this is maybe uh, too complicated for the time we've got here. The the, um, Tic Tacs knew that the military would be there because they did those same maneuvers every year. Right in front of them. Right in front of them. And they didn't run, they just were there. Were they there to annoy the military or were they doing something else? Did they? Is it a drip drip? A disclosure?
1: Good Uh point, Diane. It's almost like they wanted them to see them.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.